happy that you are with me today for another session in God's Word as we study. We're talking about questions we would like to have answered. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storehouse or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? You, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you have little faith? Do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them, but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Jesus explains for us in this passage all about worry and how we can overcome worry, how we do not be, need to be overcome by it. And it's very, he gives some very simple illustrations. The point actually he makes is we can either trust God or we cannot trust God. And he gives examples of how flowers and birds and other things just trust God, and they, they do fine. And we worry about having enough things, or we worry about having more things, or we worry about keeping the things that we have. The word anxious or worry appears 22 times, and uh, it appears in verse 22, I'm sorry, and means to be torn apart. The word worrying in verse 29 means to be held in suspense, two different words. It's the picture of a ship being tossed in a storm. Our English word worry comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word that means to strangle. Corey Tinboom used to say, worry does not empty tomorrow of the sorrow, it empties today of the strength. And that's true, when we're worrying, we're really accomplishing nothing but sapping all the spiritual, physical, and mental strength of our lives. There's not anything much more destructive than worry. It uh, is deceptive. It gives us a false view of life. And where it convinces us that life is made up of what we eat or what we wear, and we get so concerned about those things that we totally forget about the end, which is to glorify God. And the great difference between making a living and making a life is that trying to make a living blinds us to the world around us if we're not careful and we forget. Jesus said, just look around you. Look at the birds and the flowers and the grass. God takes care of them. The birds, they don't. They don't worry. They just are taken care of. And they don't sow fields and reap crops. But God takes care of them. The flowers don't, they don't spend hours at the wheel making dresses or clothes or pants. But God takes care of them and clothes them in beauty beyond anything that we can make. You see, God knows how to do that. Worry deforms us. It keeps us from growing. It makes us like the people in the world who do not know him, the pagans, he calls them. And uh, worry is, is more than just uh, some kind of uh, misappropriation of our lives. It's sin. It's sin against God. And what we need to do is to lay it aside. I believe Jesus is saying three things to us in these verses that will help us overcome worry. First, he's saying, live simply. 
we don't have to have half the things we think we have to have. Live simply. Why do we have to complicate our life with all this indebtedness for all the things we think we need which we don't? You see, many of us are so indebted because, because we have put ourselves in a situation where we, we just can't seem to, to, to get anywhere. And uh, so it's important for us to realize that and to, and to begin to, to see that these things that we have, it's all right to have them, but if we crave them, if we desire them more than anything else, if we complicate ourselves with so many of them, and to get them we go into debt so deeply that uh, the debt becomes really a, a slave master. We become a slave master to the debt. Then we miss the purpose of it all. And we clutter up our lives and our houses with things we don't need. So live simply. Patrick Morley wrote a book some time ago called The Man in the Mirror. And in that book, he talks about his own spiritual pilgrimage. And he says that when he, he began to be successful financially, he began to desire and crave a bigger, better house in a more exclusive community, and he mentioned it to his wife, who really didn't want to move. She was happy there. His kids really didn't want to move. He mentioned it several times over months, and nobody wanted to move. And finally, he began to pray about it, and he began to examine his motives. Why did he want to move? Did they not have an adequate house? It was totally adequate. Didn't they have a yard that was essential for their kids where they could play? Of course. It was totally fine. What was the problem? The problem was that he was beginning to feel that the only way he could show the world that he really was successful was to have a big house in an exclusive area. So I think it's important for us to recognize that we have to be careful about our motives for what we do. Henry David Thoreau in his journal wrote, a man is rich in proportion to the number of things which he can afford to live alone. In other words, the things we can not have. So also, we're not only to live simply, we're to give freely. It's only as we see material things as opportunities to share, to, share with others and minister to people and make a difference. Uh, that's, that's when we begin to live life to the full. That's when we begin to experience life at its best. It's when we, it's when we begin to freely give. Freely you have received, the Bible says, freely give. Dr. Carl Menninger, who started a clinic years ago to help those people who were having psychological problems or emotional problems, and and one day asked a, a wealthy patient, what on earth are you going to do with all that money? The patient replied, just worry about it, I suppose. Dr. Menninger said, well, do you get that much pleasure out of worrying about it? No, he said, but I get such terror when I think of giving some of it to somebody else. Now, that terror is real. When we let go of money, we're letting go a part of ourselves, and it's hard. But when we begin to give, we begin to give ourselves away. We begin to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus. John Wesley said, if you have any desire to escape the damnation of hell, give all you can. Otherwise, have no more hope of your salvation than that of Judas Iscariot. What he was saying was, we're not, we're not made bright with God by giving, but our giving reveals that we are right with God. Then the third thing is trust God totally. He said, Realize your treasures in me. Seek me first. Seek my kingdom first. If you seek the king and the kingdom first, then you will be able to live your life like God wants you to live it. I hope that you won't worry today, but you'll just live simply, and that you'll just trust God and give freely, and he'll bless your life. God bless you. Have a great day.